Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Come on up, man. I am so excited to have my brother, Mr. Brent. Some of you um, may have never met Brent. Brent was on staff with us. Um, Did you leave in 2007? Yeah, I don't either. Um, It was a long time ago. Um, But uh, is in Houston now. Um, God's done some amazing things. But Brent and his family bring faith and a message of hope pretty much wherever they go. And you're going to hear about that this morning. Um, Brent always comes in. It's been, gosh, I think since then, almost every Thanksgiving, because I'm usually in Texas. And um, so, uh, man, let me just pray. I'm going to let you dive in here. Lord, thank you for my brother. And, um, Lord, I know he's, he just has a great message for us here, Lord. Um, hope and faith. Thank you for that as he carries it in his own life and his family. Pray that you would just speak through him this morning. Enlarge our hearts, Lord, this Thanksgiving, Father. Pray you increase our faith, increase our hope, God. Let this be a place of encouragement. Give us hungry ears and hearts, Lord, for your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. How, um, it's, this is the first time uh, Pastor Steve is getting to hear me preach live in a long time. It's normally, it's normally he's watching the live stream, but uh, it's, uh, it's wonderful to be here. Um, some of you don't know me. Like so, so many events of my life have, have happened here uh, in this church. And, and over the years, I have learned so much. Um, God has refined so much. You've also seen me do some crazy things from the stage. And, uh, but there's nothing crazy today. Just hope. Um, and, and when is hope needed most is when times are darkest. When everything's good, you don't really need hope. It's when hope seems to be something that cannot be attained is when hope is uh, most needed. Uh, If you are in the sea and you are on a cruise ship with meals and everything like that, you don't care about seeing a boat out in the ocean. Am I right? But if you're stranded hanging on a piece of wood and suddenly you see a ship, it's a very different story. And this is who God is in our life. And Today I want to talk about faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. But I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to share some, some, some personal things and some failures and some trials and things like that. And I think that's everybody's lives. Anybody who just tells you that their Instagram is their real life, we know he's lying. But uh, I think what makes us relatable to people in the world is the ability to give God glory during the tough times. The things when things aren't working out. I tell you, my heart was, was so full of pride for Davy singing here. I don't know if she's still here, but seeing her worshiping with her dad. I mean, I've watched her whole life, right? And I'm just like, isn't that incredible? She didn't have to be up here singing. You, you hear what I'm saying? How beautiful this story is unfolding uh, and, and the faithfulness of the Lord. But in 1966, I guess I'm doing... There we go. This, uh, this magazine cover was released. Did anybody read this article? Um, and uh, it's a little bit provocative. That's not really what the article was about. It was more about like religion and theology and stuff like that. But they weren't really questioning, is God dead? But I wanted to use this uh, because of this question. And there are times in our life when we question God. Anybody? I just want to make sure I'm speaking to the right people. Three people in this audience have questioned God. 
Sometimes we question his love. Um, there's uh, uh, Evan Almighty. I don't know if anybody ever saw that movie. Great movie. But there's a scene uh, where God says to him that just remember anything that happens to you is because I love you. And then his life just falls to pieces and he walks out of his house and as he walks out, the sprinkler hits him in the face and he looks up to heaven and says, love me less. <laughs> Such a brilliant line. But there are, there are absolutely times and for us to pretend that we don't have those moments would be to lie. We may not verbalize it, but there are absolutely times when our hearts are broken, when we have stood on God's promises, when we have... Have, have done everything that we know to do and things have not worked out. And in fact, they seem far worse had we not followed God. And I'm going to show you an example of that. But I, I do want to be real, but I also want to be real about the faithfulness of God. I don't want to ignore these things that happen. And maybe sometimes as Christians, we, we give off a wrong sense. Like, you know, how are you? I'm blessed. Y- yes, in the eternal realm and and. In the grand scheme of things, I am blessed. But there are some times that I don't feel blessed. Uh, it feels pretty rough. Anybody else? But I want to talk to you about the faithfulness of God uh, in, those, in those times. In the times of hardship and tragedy. My, um, I, I've shared this before, but my uncle has served God relentlessly his whole life. He was a pastor. You know, never wavered, faithful to his wife, did everything like that. And his 21-year-old daughter was killed by a drunk driver. Come on. If, if, you, if you don't struggle in that moment to go like, God, where were you? Then, then well, for one, I need a bit of your faith. But two, you, you may not be wrestling with the real thing. And here's my uncle who has stood firm on the word of God all his life. I saw him, his car you know, of life skid all over the place as he tried to figure this out. But I still want to tell you about the faithfulness of God. You say, well, Brent, where is the faithfulness of God? She's dead. She's gone. She was killed by something evil and all of that. Stay with me for the sermon as we look at the faithfulness of God. There are times that our heart is so broken that we do question God. We question his love. We question his care. Some people have may even question his existence. I'm not saying this is the case for every atheist, but every atheist that I have had a personal conversation with, it always comes down to the place of something that happened where they switched off to God. Right? I'm not saying that's the case, but in my personal experience, when I asked enough questions and we had enough conversation, it came to something had gone horribly wrong in their life and they said, Therefore, there is no God. Uh, Megan Rapino, do you know who she is? She is special. But she recently in an interview, because she was injured on the soccer field, did anybody hear this? She said, that is proof that there is no God. That is deep theology right there. I'll let Pastor Steve unpack that next week. But you hear what I'm saying? There are these times, there are these moments, and we will all walk through them. Some of us will walk through these things multiple times. You're like, no, please. Jesus said that in this life, 
Does anybody know? You'll have many troubles and sorrows. But take courage because I've overcome the world. We, we, we don't just get to walk through a carefree, a pain-free existence. Because I can tell you, once you've come through a storm, you're a different person if you've held on to the right hand through it. Nobody chooses to do that. Look at this example here. The next day, this is talking about John the Baptist. He, uh, he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Put yourself in that moment where, where John has this revelation. Here, here Jesus is coming to get baptized, and he's just like, oh, this is the Lamb of God. I mean, he's, he's got this direct download from heaven, and he utters these incredible words. And angels are singing. His heart is bubbling. Have you had that moment with God? Right? Maybe it's a sermon that gets preached, and you're like, oh, that's for me. That's what I'm going to do. And then you walk out into the parking lot and someone smashes into your car and that sermon's gone. Or whatever it might be, you've, you, you've found a promise from God for my mom. And I've, I've shared this story many times. Uh, I was horribly sick growing up, in and out of hospital all the time because of asthma and things like that. And my mom found a verse that she was holding on to. And the more she held on to it, the sicker I got. Anybody else can relate to that? Then you start, maybe God didn't give me this verse. Maybe I'm making this, this up. Right? Now, St. John the Baptist entered some hardship in his life. He was arrested, about to be executed, and he says this. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard all about the things the Messiah was doing, and he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Can we just be real? Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Uh, are you sure you're the one? <laughs> We're talking about John the Baptist, who Jesus said there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist, is questioning if Jesus is even the one. Why? Because the heart's troubles are real. When our hearts are broken and our spirit is crushed and we are losing hope, we start to think crazy things. But I don't want you to, you to feel discounted or ashamed or anything else. I want you to know about the faithfulness of God because we are all going to walk through these things. We have our mountaintop experiences and it can happen in the same day that suddenly you're in the valley lying on your back. You're like, what the heck just happened? You hear what I'm saying? Have you ever had good news and that good news was stolen in the same day? For those of us who are in business, I'll give an example. When you've got word that you've just closed a massive deal. And you're celebrating and you're calling everybody and you're sharing about the testimony of God's goodness. And then you get an email saying the deal's off. You're like, I should have just been quiet. Let me tell you about the faithfulness of God. What about Joseph? We know the story, but try to forget that you know the story. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in a field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and all your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Right? If you're friends with Isabella, you've heard stuff like that. But this is a legit dream from God. This is a real dream that he has been given. This was accurate. 
This was a real thing. Some of us, God has deposited things in our hearts, and we know it was him. But the preceding events that happened after us made us question if we ever heard from God in the first place. And, and suddenly, we, we were all excited, and we were marching. Off we go. Now we, we flat on our faces, going, what just happened? Same Joseph, who's excited to share this dream with his brothers a little bit later, So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off his beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into a cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Just in case you don't understand what empty is, the Bible explains it for you. Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Is anybody connecting with what I'm saying here today? Here is a legit dream from God. You've had a vision from God. He's called you into something. You've stepped out in faith. You've done something, and now he's being sold as a slave because of a dream that he had. Please don't be so religious that you're like, oh, yes, but whatever. Put yourself in this moment where you've had this dream about your future, about whatever it might be, and now it's not only gone, but it's far worse than anybody could ever imagine. Anybody here ever been sold as a slave to Egypt? It's not a great day, just in case you don't know. This, this is as bad as it gets. This is, this is as far away from his dream in his mind as what it can be. But we never see it recorded that Joseph ever wavered in his belief about the faithfulness of God. It, it, it gets worse for Joseph. He's still faithfully serving God, even though he's a slave. And then what happens with Potiphar's wife? Potiphar's wife, hashtag me too. (laughs) If you don't understand that joke, ask someone to explain it to you afterwards. But Here, and what does he win for his faithfulness to God, serving God, refusing to sin? Ding, ding, ding. What does he win? Prison. Okay. Is anyone here stepping out for what they believe God's word to be? Is anybody seeing scripture and saying, I'm going to implement this? Let me give you another example. You read about forgiveness and loving your enemies and you're like, those people at work, I'm going to love them. They're so mean to me, but I'm going to love them. This is a small example. So you go to work the next day with little cookies and everything like that to show your love. Let me just make it real. You give them cookies and you tell them, you know, whatever it is, and and God has a plan and purpose for them. And then next day you get a lawsuit for sexual harassment and you get fired. Can I just put this into something that we can understand? And you go, what on earth? All I was trying to do was follow God's way And now my life is far worse. I should have just kept quiet. I want to tell you about the faithfulness of God. What about Gideon? The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us? And handed us over to the Midianites. Do you see that from the beginning, people have been struggling 
when tragedy happens. Now there's a whole story here with, with Gideon. They got exactly what they wanted when they rejected God and followed their sins. But he's going like, did God abandon us? No, you wandered off on your own. Joseph, it was what somebody else did to him. This story is what they did to themselves. But I still want to tell you about the faithfulness of God. Thank you. Here's that verse. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you may have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. How many of us are truly living at peace in the belief in the faithfulness of God? The economy in the toilet, the faithfulness of God. Politics, doesn't matter if you're a Republican and Democrat, let's all agree on one thing, in the toilet. The faithfulness of God. The, the, the migrant crisis, the faithfulness of God. Housing prices, food prices, whatever it might be, the faithfulness of God. When we truly start to understand this, we realize that he is the God that takes somebody who was a slave and he brings them into a place of power. Only God can do that. What can he do in your life if you refuse to let go of the faithfulness of God? And here's something that I want to tell you that's amazing. Before Jesus came, people were trying to hang on to God with their sacrifices. After Jesus came, he hung on to us. So even in your days where you let go of God, I want you to know he does not let go of you. I've shared this story before, and uh, this, 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 this was a, a life-changing moment for me. But uh, um, I was called to, to the side of a, um, a couple whose daughter had just committed suicide. But not only had she just committed suicide, she was a professing atheist. Wanted nothing to do with God. And they asked me to do, to do the funeral. Now, in a funeral, there's many things for you to draw on. What do you draw on for someone who is a self-professing atheist? Do you stand up there and lie to everybody to say they're in heaven and all of these things if they have rejected Jesus on earth? I have never prayed so hard over a sermon in all my life. In fact, I didn't know what to say. I didn't even know where to begin. Because everything I'd ever had was, was never for that kind of situation. And, and there we, we, we flew somewhere and, and the room was filled with people who did not know Jesus. And I stood up to speak and I had prayed for hours and hours and hours. And 10 minutes before they came to get me, God revealed to me what I was to say. And it was incredible. He put into my heart the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. Was she looking for Jesus? No, she had been snatched up in the act of adultery. Not exactly in her church clothes. You with me? And she was being dragged to her death. Not looking for Jesus. Not asking for his help. Nothing. Caught up in the moment of certain death. 
and Jesus interrupted that path. She had nothing to do with it. All she had done was sin and not acknowledged him in anything. And yet she received grace that day, undeserved, unmerited. And as I said this, I turned to the mother and I said, your daughter is in heaven and God will confirm this tonight. And then I thought, what on earth did I just say? (laughs) But I just knew in my heart. Now, I'm not saying this is always the case and whatever and don't. You know, you know, I'm just sharing a story with you. And when I said it, I was like, that goes against everything that I've ever known. But we have no idea what happens in the last moments of somebody's life. But I want to tell you about the faithfulness of God. That night, the mother had a vision of her daughter in heaven. And in this thing, she's crying. and She said, I love you. The first thing of shame and guilt. She says, I know, mom. And she said, Jesus loves you. She said, I know, mom. Many people gave their life to Christ that day. I'm just, what we think we know about life, what we think we know about the story, what we think we know about success and failure and all of those things, many times we're wrong because we're looking too close to a story here where the true faithfulness of God is seen over decades, over a generation, over many generations. Because when this is all gone and we have been in heaven for 10,000 years, Many of the things that we are so bent up over won't even matter, but the faithfulness of God will still be there. Right? How do we get up and recover in these moments? But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. We do faint, we do grow weary, and we don't fly high if we don't trust in the Lord. And sometimes that trust is with tears running down our face saying, Lord, I don't understand, I don't know. I'm angry, I'm all of these things, but I know I have nowhere to go but you. Please, would you help me? And he does. In my life experience, I have never seen God turn somebody down who asks for help. Not once. May not work out how they thought it was going to be. But I've never seen God forsake anybody. Then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. This is not just people before salvation. Then after salvation, you carry your own burdens, okay? You carry your own weariness. No, this is throughout my life. I have a savior who knows what it's like. How about this? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did God forsake him? No. And we are not carrying the sins of the world upon our shoulders either. But we have somebody who knows what it's like to feel alone. And and at, at the worst possible time. But he is faithful. As God was faithful to Jesus, he is faithful to us. Did Jesus succeed? Can anybody testify? Thank you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. 
and the burden I give you is light. And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, no, we heap on a bunch of stuff on ourselves, as Pastor Derek was saying. Lord, I, I give it to you. I can't carry this. I can't do this. You know what weighs a ton? Sorrow. You know what weighs two tons? Regret. Remorse. Guilt. Lord, here's my stuff. Have you seen that ad, Got Junk? Where you just point and the junk disappears. Have you seen that ad? It's this company, you'll just come get all your junk. And the person's like just pointing at a pile of junk and it just vanishes. 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I'm not sponsored, okay? Just so you know. (laughs) That is what our Savior does for us. The junk that we have caused in our own life. This is the grace that blows our mind. Where I'm just like... And he's so faithful, even when I have not been faithful. Who else is like that? There is nobody like God. His faithfulness remains, no matter what. Psalm 37, 25. Once I was young, and now I am old. What's he saying? I know what I'm talking about. I was young and old, and there was one thing consistent here. Yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging bread. There are slivers in our life where we can feel a certain way. But if you go out with a span, you will see that that situation will change. Right? John the Baptist fully accomplished the mission that he was given. Joseph's dreams all came true. Gideon saw the miracles of God in ways that he never imagined could happen. And he will not forsake you. When we, uh, uh, some of you know the story, but um, a, a few things that happened. I had planted several churches in Houston and stuff like that. And I felt like it was time to, to hand that all over and to, uh, uh, to really pursue something, uh, you know, with the ranch and with my family and, and things like that. I poured years of my life into these churches, my finances, my heart, everything like that. And, and it seemed like, for what? I'm handing it over to somebody else, and I've got nothing to show for it, right? And uh, anyway, we, 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 we bought the ranch, and we moved out there, and it was rough. No toilet, no working water, living in a barn. I was my family's hero. Not. My daughter didn't talk to me for three months, right? And uh, anyway, we, we were doing all these things, but the one thing we had was we had a ton of money. And that's always nice to have, as many of you know how that feels, like Bryant and Becca. But <laughs> anyway, we had started construction, and we were doing all these things, and I was like the guy in Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey, where I'm just shooting out hundreds, you know? And we, we're building this and we're doing all of these things. And, and one morning I wake up and I just feel sick. I don't know why. And I go and I grab my phone and I go check my stock where all my money are, which they paid us in stock from the company that bought us. And the stock had dropped 90%. I don't know how to explain the feelings that I had, but I've never felt so overwhelmed, hopeless, destroyed, I mean, it was such, this was three o'clock in the morning. At three o'clock in the morning, I wandered out like, like, like a drunk man. 
I think I was having a panic attack. I wandered out into the forest. And, and there I had, uh, just a few days earlier, I had paid cash for a, a new house for the, the housekeeper. And they had put the dirt pad. And there I collapsed on the dirt pad. And I felt like my life was over. I'm, I'm not exaggerating in any way, shape, or form. I, I lay face down in the dirt. And I, I couldn't speak. I couldn't do anything. The, the, the weight and, and, and feeling of being overwhelmed, I could not get up. And I lay there for about an hour in that dirt. And eventually the only words that I could mutter out of my mouth was, God, please forgive me. Please have mercy on me. That was all I could say. And you want to know something? He did. He had mercy on me in ways that I could, I can't even explain. The stock didn't recover. Yet, his plans and purposes have gone forward. I can't even explain how it has all happened. But we, uh, when, I, when, I, when I bought that ranch, it was just going to be for my family and I, right? And I was quite happy to lock the world out. I was like, I've given you enough. I've given you my heart and soul. You've torn the flesh off my back, church. You're getting no more of my back. The next chapter of my life, I'm living for me and my family. And God, I love you. But you stay on that side of the fence. And I'm going to stay on this side of the fence. Because I followed you with everything. And like, I feel like the wolves have pulled me apart. This was during COVID and all the things that happened. And for those who stood for certain things, I mean, not only was the world tearing them apart, the, the, their own people in the church were tearing them apart. And I was like, I'm done. And uh, we, we, we joined a, a little church there, that, uh, uh, and I sat right at the back. You know those people who sit right at the back? I'm talking to you. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to talk to me. I didn't want, you know, people come and hug me. Hey, brother. I didn't want to hear anybody say anything about the Holy Spirit. If you said Holy Spirit, I was going to punch you in the mouth. So I had, I had drawn a clear line between me and God. Not that I stopped believing in Him by any means. I just wanted to try life on my own because, <laughs> because I followed a dream that I believe He gave me and I found myself in a pit and sold as a slave to Egypt and then put in prison. Anybody with me? So when I said, God, please forgive me, have mercy on me, I had clearly made a decision, Lord, just, just let, me, let me try. Let me just do this one. And it brought me to the pit of despair. Anybody with me? So when I want to tell you about the faithfulness of God, I have seen it from the ground up. I've seen it face down in the dirt. We have, we have lost family members. We have had all sorts of stuff. And I can tell you that in every single situation, the Lord has been faithful. The, the, the pastor of the church uh, asked me to preach one, one Sunday. And I said, and no, thank you. <laughs> but thank you for asking. <laughs> then he got sick and said, I need you to preach. There's nobody else. And the most reluctant sermon you've ever heard me preach, I did. 
I basically stood up there and I didn't say this in these words, but basically I don't like any of you. So if you've got something to say about me, just keep it to yourself because I don't care. And now let me share the word of God with you. (laughs) And yet he was faithful. Then they asked me to be an elder at the church. And I was like, I know, thank you. And now I'm an elder at that church. The church has grown a thousand percent. There's, you, you, there's such beautiful things happening because of the faithfulness of God. And this is what I want to tell you. Even if we have done things, even if things have happened to us, even if other things have happened in our life that we don't think can be redeemed, you are, you are downgrading the faithfulness of God. Just because somebody's not here today, that does not discount what God's faithfulness can do over time in ways that you you can't even imagine. All that effort and time are poured into the churches. We are starting to see a harvest happen in a way that that I couldn't have imagined. You with me? And the ranch? (laughs) Do you know that I get to share Jesus with more people now than, than, than I ever did when I had the church? And they don't even know what's coming. They book an Airbnb and they're getting Jesus. Do you know we are the number one rated stay on Airbnb for like with, within a 50 mile radius now? As of uh, uh, the end of March, 57 people are able to stay on the ranch. We got, we'll have frisbee golf. We've got a dirt bike track. Uh, we've got uh, a jet skiing. We've got pools, hot tubs. We've got 12 different stays. We've got a tree house. We've got geodomes. We've got, I mean, and everything we had, I remember lying in that dirt with my face on the ground and saying, would you have mercy on me? Sometimes the timeline is longer, but it does not discount the faithfulness of God. And you know what people say when they come to the ranch? These are not Christian people. We feel the presence of God. And I get to tell them about the faithfulness of God. I get to tell them about this animal we prayed for, who was a sinner and now is saved. No, I'm joking. It's just to... Do you hear what I'm saying? On December 17th, you having an event on December 17th, We are doing, it's called the Christmas experience. Now, between you and me, we don't know what we're doing. But Instagram looks really good. It looks like we really know what we're doing. We have invited the entire city to come to our ranch to experience Jesus. It's called putting Christ back in Christmas. We have a live nativity scene featuring my own animals. We're going to do worship and sing carols and, you know, we're doing all these things. And and hundreds of people have already registered for this event. I don't know the whole plan, as I was telling Pastor Stephen Brown. I don't know the whole plan of what's happening here. But what I do know is when I took my best efforts that put me down on the ground and I gave it to him and said, please, would you have mercy on me? He has been redeeming something. The faithfulness of God. But my heart has been broken. I have felt angry with God. 
I have been disappointed. I have been racked with shame and guilt at what seems like bad decisions and all of these things. And my stakes have never been higher. With There's, there's a bunch of people who live on the ranch that ask, like, where are they going to go, Lord? Lord, would you have mercy on me? And he did. And one day, you know, I don't know what all is going to happen. I don't know where the end of the story is. And even if we lost everything, I would still tell you about the faithfulness of God because that's not the end of the story. Where's the end of your story? You don't know. And that's, and that's what God said to Job, like, okay, my turn. And then for three chapters, he's just like, where were you for this? I think he said something like, does us have a father? Hmm, never considered that. <laughs> Go read that. He asked Job if us has a father. And Job's like, what the heck? All of these things, because God is so much greater, but we downgrade him to what we can do in our own strength and our own power. He is faithful in the darkest of times. Cast your cares onto him because he does care for you. Cast your cares onto him because he does care for you. Yes, Brent, but the gospel is not just about me. No, it's not. But if you are not in the race, there's a whole range of people that don't get reached. You with me? Now listen to this. James 5.16, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Confess your sins one to another. This is so hard for the church today. And this is why I share these stories of the things that I've done wrong and on the faithfulness of God. There's no ego in this for me. And, and I obviously care about what you think about God. And I always want to be a good example. But there's some aspect that I don't care what you think about me. Because I'm doing the very best I can. And I make mistakes. Do I want to be perfect? I do. I do want to reflect God well, but sometimes I reflect the devil, and I'm sorry for that. No one here, though. Of course not. I do make mistakes, but God is still faithful in my mistakes. But it is so important for us to lower our pride, and that's why it says, if you would confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Healed of what? Healed of broken hearts. Healed of crushed spirits. Healed of guilt and shame and all of these things. Satan wants to keep us isolated that we just project the Instagram to everybody and yet inside we are dying. Even in the church, especially in the church. We don't want to be the person who projects like, I don't have it all together. But here's the truth is, I don't have it all together. If anything is together, it's only because of Jesus that keeps all things together. Left to my own devices, even with Christ in my heart, I've, I'm a ticking time bomb. <laughs> Anybody else feel like that? Like, if you leave me alone without the intervention of God on a daily basis, like, I am going to destroy a lot of stuff, but by the grace of God. So, uh, uh, Pastor Derek, are you around here? Oh, there's Davy. I am so proud of you. I, honestly, I am so proud of you. I was just, my heart was just overflowing, watching you worship, listening to you sing. 
you are a testament to the faithfulness of God. So, if you wouldn't mind, come up and and let's uh, worship. But I want to do something here. I want us to confess our sins one to another. And I'm not talking about like, hey, I looked at this magazine yesterday. I'm talking about the deep issues of the heart. I'm struggling. Pray for me. I, I, I need help. We, we're battling in our marriage. Why are marriages failing in the church? Because nobody wants to talk about their marriages in the church. If somebody would just say like, I'm in trouble. During all of this time, I actually called somebody to come help give, give me marriage counseling. Something I've never done in my life because I never wanted to share any of that with anybody. And they came and made it worse. But <laughs> the faithfulness of God. And things, I mean, things are, are so much better. But drop the ego. Drop the pretense. Drop what you think people think you should be. And just be who you are and call upon the name of the Lord. And he will save you. We should be the example of not perfection, but imperfect people who are hanging on to a perfect God. And he's the one who is changing us and saving us and renewing us and lifting us up. And sometimes with tears running down our face, but they will see his faithfulness in our life. And it will be undeniable. And every time somebody at the ranch says, Brent, this is incredible. How did you do all this? I said, let me tell you about that place over there. And what God did. Because it's his faithfulness. And the church. I've told the church so many times. When they're like oh Brent. God spoke to me through your message. Okay let me tell you about the time that I was sitting right at the back. And saying I'm not preaching. You can't make me. (laughs) I won't. The best of us will fall. But he's the best to lift us up. So, whether you're with families, if you're, with the, if you're alone, then come down to the front and we will pray with you. But don't miss an opportunity for God to do for you what he did for me and, and he has done for millions and millions and millions throughout eternity to lift us up when we are down. You say, but Brent, I don't know how. You don't have to know how. You don't have to know how. You want to hear how God saved the ranch? What can I tell you? When the war happened in the Ukraine, I had several software developers in the Ukraine. And I took the last of my money, what we had left, and I built a place for them to come, those who had been displaced in their houses. It was all that I could do. The widow with the, the, the oil and the flour... I did that because it was the right thing to do because I believed that was God was calling me to do. Now listen to this. They couldn't get out of the country. You want to talk about you stepped out to do something and then it fails. None of them could get out of the country because they were of fighting age. Now I've built this thing and it's not even being used. So I put it on Airbnb. And it started booking up almost immediately. Woman only woman and I'm like why are all these women booking this place 
We're in the middle of nowhere. And it turns out there's a huge place where women like to come shop, not far from us, 15 minutes away. And when we bought that ranch, I didn't even know what that place was. But God had a plan. Can I tell you something else? Do you remember when I did that 40-day fast, the water fast? Do you remember that? During that, I started cooking. I've never had a desire to cook in all my life. But I started cooking meals for my families. I started buying all this equipment and everything like that. And my wife, like, this is such a waste of money. Because the moment you're done fasting, you're going to go back to how you were, which is never preparing a single meal ever. Do you know that we have served hundreds of guests meals at the ranch? And this has been such an unbelievable way to connect with them, to hear their stories, to tell them about Jesus. There's something happening with the faithfulness of God that I can't even begin to describe that's connecting all these different places and things like that. What about your life? Confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other that you may be healed. We don't have to go through life broken and torn apart, shattered in pieces. He wants us healed and whole. We can do more when we're healed and whole, but he's the one that does it. You with me? So as we sing, I dare you. I dare you to move. I dare you to ask somebody to pray with you. I dare you to... Break through all the, 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 the ego and shame and everything else that says, oh, I'm okay, look at me, you know. If we were all perfect, we wouldn't need church. Church is to restore us, to renew us, to, for God to speak life into us again. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.